The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give you if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this, Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil let him and left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. The first Sunday of Lent, we are reading about Jesus heading off into the desert for those 40 days, and the invitation to us is very, very straightforward. Will you choose to follow Jesus into the desert, or will you make a choice to not choose to follow him? The desert means uh, a few different things. In the early church, for the first few hundred years, those Christians were persecuted, and they were often in the catacombs in hidden places, but in the fourth century, the Roman Empire was converted and it was now an official religion. You didn't have to hide anymore. And the church came out of the catacombs and was now in the city, you could say. And we see an interesting trend begin. At that point, many Christians decided to go off into the desert. There's a whole body of literature written by the men we call the the desert fathers. There was a reason why they needed the desert after having been in the city. If you think maybe spiritually a desert is a place where if you're stranded there and you're, you know, for some reason in the middle of the desert, you are focused on one thing only, and that is to survive, which usually means to find water. You're not distracted with anything else. You don't really care what's going on around you. There's one thing you need. The desert is also a place where there's no distractions. It's just rolling hills of sand, right? There's nothing to even look at. Spiritually, a desert experience is beautiful because it helps us to focus on the one thing necessary. I want to tell you a little story 
about something that happened to me once in, in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. It was one of the scariest moments that I've ever been in. It was not too long after the earthquake in 2010, and in Port-au-Prince, the city had been built to withstand hurricanes, but not earthquakes. So the, a building for a hurricane has lots of open windows and spaces between the cinder blocks so that wind blows through the house and the floors are heavy so that the water that might accumulate doesn't affect the, uh, or doesn't cause the floor to cave in. That's perfect for a hurricane, but the worst possible structure for an earthquake. The walls were so fragile, so all these buildings just collapsed and many lost their lives. It was so bad that the port was destroyed, the airport was destroyed. You couldn't even go to help in the beginning. So a lot of the people had gathered on the rubble and built little tent cities. One of these tent cities, the missionaries of charity, those are the, the sisters of Mother Teresa, had been doing what they could to alleviate the suffering, bringing some food and water and medicine. And after a a few times of being there when, uh, with the sisters, we noticed that a lot of the children were barefoot. And an organization back here in the States asked if they could send shoes for the children. And so we accepted that donation, about 12 large, huge kind of hockey duffel bags full of children's shoes. And I gathered together some uh, volunteers and we went to the tent city we had a good plan. It was to go to the little schoolhouse that we had built, which was nothing more than like a 20 foot by 20 foot building with OSB and a tin roof. And we called it the schoolhouse. Uh, at least it was a focal point. And we brought the shoes there. And I had peeked inside most of the bags and made sure they were just children's shoes. But one of the bags I hadn't looked in and as we're there and we're surrounded by all these moms with their little kids looking forward to getting a pair of shoes. One of those duffel bags was opened, and in the sight of the whole crowd, there was on top a pair of men's tennis shoes. Nothing special, probably just like a Walmart brand shoe. Uh, hadn't expected to see it there, and that's kind of a problem. Immediately, word got out, and they were talking, and somehow the rumor spread through the tent city that there were 12 duffel bags full of men's shoes at the schoolhouse. And we didn't just have moms and their kids waiting outside. We now had a large mob of men who were fighting each other to get into the schoolhouse. We had to barricade the doors. And uh, it was really frightening to have people outside stepping on each other, fighting, kids getting squished. and and there wasn't really a way out, right? What were we gonna do? And everyone was looking to me for answers. It was quickly spiraling out of control, very dangerous, and we had to sort of throw the shoes out one window and escape out the other. Thankfully, we were all okay, but it was an awful experience. Never wanted that to happen again. We might look at that and think, that's awful. A bunch of men fighting each other hurting little kids to get a pair of shoes. We have to remember though, these were men for the most part barefoot. Having a pair of shoes meant they could walk the distance needed to find food or find work for their families. They weren't just 
fighting to get another pair of shoes for their closet. So coming home, this was late summer, and this was, you know, 2011. We don't have it as much in the news anymore, but you remember Black Friday sales and what you'd see on the news about all of us Americans fighting each other in department stores for shoes and TVs and whatnot, and maybe some of us were a part of that here. Uh, doesn't seem to happen as much, thankfully, anymore, but I remember watching that, and it kind of hit me really hard. I, like, what's worse, a group of men fighting to get a pair of shoes to help their family, or a bunch of people fighting to get one more pair of shoes for their closet? I think the answer is pretty clear. I bring that story up not to do the typical preacher thing of saying, so stop being materialistic and, you know, woe to anyone who's part of the world. That's not what I'm saying. We all have a need to overcome our addictions to having stuff. I would be probably frightened to know how many times a day I look at my smartphone, right? Like, we all look at our smartphones a little too much. We all need a desert experience where we can separate ourselves from worldliness to focus on the one thing necessary. And that's the gift of the desert, to be able to say, I'm going to be with Christ alone. I want to focus on what is important in my life, what is good, true, and beautiful. We can do that in a different ways, in a few different ways. It doesn't mean for each one of us here, the choice to go into the desert means something unique to you. And at the beginning of Lent, it's good to ask ourselves that question. What does it mean for me? If Jesus is saying, come to the desert, what does he want from me? For some of us, it'll probably mean a little bit more time for God in your life a little bit more time for maybe your Monday morning to also be Christian in some way. It might mean going to confession this season of Lent. It might mean reading a good spiritual book. For others, it might just mean more time with your family and loved ones and less time with our things. For others, and this is gonna surprise some of you, it might mean less time for God and more time for the people in your life. And just to clarify what I mean, it's easy to sort of, at times, bypass being a good human being and pretend to be a good spiritual being. And by that, I kind of mean if in your family, your adult children don't talk to you anymore, or there's people in your life that you have such a disagreement and a grudge against, you'll never talk to them. Remember what Jesus said, before you go take your gift to the altar, reconcile with your brother. You can't pretend to be a good human being because you pray lots of rosaries if everyone in your life is angry at you for some reason. We sometimes don't wanna do the hard work of being good human beings and we take the easy road out. So you see, each one might have a different desert experience. Where's Jesus calling you today? Make that decision. We're not called as Christians to leave the world behind, right? We're called to leave worldliness behind. The world is beautiful, 
And we read in scripture that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. To be Christian means to be actually in love with the world in the good sense. We don't want to have a spirit of worldliness though. And so maybe that's a good question to ask yourself. Where am I being a little worldly in my life? That's a question only you can answer and hopefully a question that today God will speak to your heart as we come to the altar to receive the bread of life. Let that moment be that invitation from our Lord. Don't be afraid. Come out of the hiding place like Adam and Eve. We read in Genesis how they sinned and they ran from God and they ran from each other. They had to put on the leather garments or the fig leaves. God came in and, and called them out of the worldliness they had fallen into, to come into the light. And for us today, that's an invitation to go to the desert. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.